gentlemen seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's john hogue here the other guy on the other podcast and once again if i can believe the indication on the control panel here hi zyanna hello hello ah you sound very happy tonight I'm slightly endorphin high. Um, I'm still, I did a 5k this morning. It was, it was, I worked really hard at it. I Mm. was dead last. You did. Oh, (laughs) you did what now? I did a 5k. Um, Just a little one. And of course I was dead last. Everybody else ran. I walked. What can I say? (laughs) It sounds sensible to me. Well, the um, only time I would ever run distances like that would be when there was a drill sergeant chasing me. You know, um, I used to love to run, but these days the knees don't do it. So what can I say? Wait wait till the hips kick in as well. Well, uh, uh, speaking of Valdosta, on February 8th at approximately 9.46 p.m., a patrol Mm -hmm. officer with Valdosta Police Department made a traffic stop on a vehicle driven by Dontavius Nelson. When the officer approached the vehicle and asked Nelson for his driver's license, the officer smelled the odor of marijuana coming from the interior of the vehicle. As officers began to investigate the odor of marijuana, Nelson ran from the vehicle after a short Foot pursuit, Nelson was captured and detained. Officers mm-hmm. found marijuana, digital scales commonly used in the sale and distribution of illegal nar- narcotics, narcotics, and a handgun in Nelson's possession. <sighs> Nelson provided a false name, date of birth, and provided the officer with identification that was not his. He was arrested and transported to Lowndes County Jail, where he was charged with obstruction of a law enforcement officer, possession of marijuana with intent to distribute, possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, Natch. possession of a Schedule II narcotic, Possession of drug-related objects, providing false name and date of birth, driving without a valid license, and defective brake lights. 
Of course, because it was the defective brake lights that got him stopped. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. This one was in the paper, and I just sort of rolled yeah. my eyes. Yeah, it's well, a total of four felonies and five misdemeanors for Dontavius Nelson <laughs> see, in Valdosta, the, Georgia. That's the difference yep. between Valdosta, Georgia, and Windsor, Ontario. The cops there are trying to make a traffic go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, uh, by the way... Uh, 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 you can find my good friend John Hoag's blogging at hoagwash.com. Stacy, by the way, uh, then uh, exports from his keyboard to theothermccain.com and other fine spots around the interweb, such as spectator.org. Yes. And Diana has a website, uh, and there is a not too particularly stale post there. Yep. So you can go uh, check out uh, uh, her interesting... Uh, Points of view related to the governance of uh, not for profit. non profits. Yes. Grr. Uh, uh, yes, well. There are days. Well, yes. Well, so uh, honor without profit, as it were. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Ottawa, you know, this whole thing going mm -hmm. down with the Canadians and the truckers and all that good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I was. Uh, waiting for uh, a computer program to finish executing. And so I, I turned on, I guess it was YouTube, and there was um, Trudeau uh, making a speech in it to Parliament about this. And it's interesting, you know, he would go, I don't know, a minute or so uh, speaking in English, and then he'd speak mm -hmm. for 15 to 20 seconds in French, mm -hmm. uh, which is his native language. And then he would go back to English. Um, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, it, 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 it basically, it was French dressing on his word salad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah they, uh, the Canadian uh, truckers uh, go to show the double standards that uh, mm -hmm. uh, when we had mobs rioting and burning, and Mostly peaceful protest, uh, committing yeah, right. the, every, you know uh, vandalism, arson, and looting, murder. Uh, well, yeah, they murdered a few people, but that yes, was yes, they uh, did. Yes, well, anyways, when we had all this going on, a uh, man, you know, you know, dissent was the highest form of patriotism. But now, now that uh, uh, they're they're making life bad for a a, a Canadian socialist, it's um, it's uh, uh, you know, that's it's terrorism. Yes, of course mm -hmm. it is. Of course. Uh, well, I mean, basically, well, we'll get into this a little more deeply later. Wait, did I say oh, yeah. Canadian socialist? That's that's kind of redundant. I'm sorry. No, I actually, <laughs> I actually know some some very conservative Cana Canadians. Everybody tells me about this, but you know, since Kathy Scheidel died, it's it's, it's uh, very... Ezra Levant. Okay, okay, they, that's two. <laughs> no. uh, anyways, I've been in favor of nuking Canada for a long time. So it's it just, you know, that's seriously. A, yeah. Uh, but speaking of war. Yes. Speaking of war, go for it. You had a couple of posts related to uh, Ukraine. So yes. why don't you just chew on those? For yeah. A yeah. Uh, the first post I did yesterday was the headline Ukraine freak out. Is this for real? <laughs> And it, it, 
it had to do with the uh, State Department telling Americans they had 48 hours to get out of Ukraine because um, Russia could attack Ukraine using bombs and missiles at any moment, according to the news. It's an ongoing crisis, and they say it's a distinct possibility. It could occur quickly. And... uh, and and so so I I said the the first thing that occurs to me in in this whole thing is wait hello, a minute hello February <laughs> thank you yes thank well, that, you but that's the reason why they would attack now the ground is still frozen it, well uh, in late no in late March or early April the yes. ground turns to mud so and it, it's not just a little bit of mud it's not like even Georgia mud it is oceans of mud. And it so is they, unbelievable. So they have much. to do it. They have to do it now, or they have to wait till late spring, as in mm-hmm. May. Yeah, yeah. So that's now, the reason. Uh, so if, they, if they're going to pull the trigger on it, they're they're going to do it in the next week or so. Yeah, or they're going to wait till May. Yeah, and and I'm saying that 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 everything we know about, uh, uh, I, I mean, history uh, it certainly would suggest that May would be the time to do this and not mm-hmm. now. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but uh, I, I have heard other people, people coming into the comments who say that, uh, well, they want to do it now because <sighs> it threatens uh, the fuel supply to Europe, Western Europe. Ooh, because that's Ru- not going to change. Um, the honest truth is that in my, okay, if you're asking me, Putin isn't going to invade. I mean, why would he? He's getting everything he wants, and there would be nothing more disastrous for his regime than a protracted bloody stalemate or a simmering guerrilla war in the woods and swamps of Ukraine. And trust me, a, a lot of Ukrainians really don't like the Russians, or at least don't want the Russian hand over them. Well, certainly the Ukrainians in the eastern two-thirds of the country. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's about a third of the country where uh, basically Well, a Stalin, lot of them are Russian. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Stalin moved Russians in, and so you, yes, have, ethnic, did. Uh, you have Russian speakers there. And mm-hmm. cr- Crimea, uh, was uh, the, the Russians took Crimea from the uh, Turks two hundred and almost about two hundred fifty years ago, mm-hmm. and so it the, the, yes. there's not a lot of Ukrainians. And the only reason uh, Ukraine was part uh, got their hands on Crimea is because uh, Stalin thought it was a, a good way to try to uh, help things along and uh, making up for uh, starving so many of them. Mm, okay. Not really, well, but yeah. But, you know, Let's what, not it, get into that part. Well, in, anyways, the, the, what I'm seeing going on here is that what it seems to me, it, it, you know, my deduction is that mm-hmm. all this noise uh, about Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine is mm-hmm. an attempt to give it just it's a distraction that that the it's a wag the dog sort of scenario that the uh, domestic politics is looking so bad that they want to give the appearance of a crisis that Joe Biden can talk tough and, uh, uh, you know, appear to have uh, forced Putin not to invade so that if the invasion doesn't happen, then Biden, you know, takes a victory lap. Um, How does that work? I mean, I'm sorry, but um, 
when you're, the Nord Stream uh, 1 and 2 pipelines are, uh, there, there's no sanction we could put in that uh, trumps their ability to choke uh, Germany and uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia and, and, and of power, of, of gasoline for heating and everything and, and power generation. Nope, 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 nope. Well, I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say, though, yeah. is that uh, by pretending to have solved <laughs> the crisis, by hyping up the crisis, and mm -hmm. then pretending, you know, I just, you know, I bluffed him out of it, but even when they weren't going to invade, uh, uh, and I don't know, you know, I'm, you know, I can't, I don't have any expertise on this. But oh, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that Putin has enough sense of the fragility of his economic system that mm -hmm. he understands that there are two things. He doesn't have the, the logistical base to support no, he doesn't. sustained war. And he doesn't have the ability to uh, absorb the Ukrainian economy. Not really, no, because it's a bit of a shambles. Right. I mean, um, why would why would you why would you want why would you want it? Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, you you might you might want the real estate. I can I can understand that part of it. But yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I you know, is the real estate uh, worth the price? And and that's the question. But as far as uh, Biden coming off looking good, as you pointed nope. out, uh, uh, Stacy. Who's afraid of President Crackpot? Yeah, no that's uh, currently at the top of uh, the other McCain.com. Who's afraid of President Crackpot? Okay, so our commander in chief never served in the military. Mm -hmm. He was never the sharpest tool in the shed, and his cognitive capacity has visibly declined in recent years. His chief foreign policy accomplishment is surrendering Afghanistan to the Taliban and he's less popular than Jimmy Carter. So that takes work. <laughs> right, right, right. And so the idea that Putin is afraid of these threats uh, the, to the story today is President mm -hmm. Biden warned Russian President yeah, Vladimir right. Putin on Saturday <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that an invasion of Ukraine would result in, quote, swift and severe costs for Russia yeah, during right. a high-stakes, hour-long phone call that failed to ease rising tensions. <laughs> I love how they put that. Uh, Biden yeah, told right. Putin that, quote, if Russia undertakes a further invasion of Ukraine, the United States together with our allies and partners, will respond decisively and impose swift and severe costs on Russia. Meanwhile, meanwhile though, we're sending uh, the vice president to a uh, conference uh, on uh, uh, Ukraine and European peace that's going to be held in Munich next week. Oh, God, oh, Munich, Lord. yeah. Uh, yeah. Neville Chamberlain was unavailable for comment. <laughs> well, yeah, well, at least he had an excuse. He had stomach cancer, so. Yeah, well, anyways, but but I, I point out that one of the basic problems in this whole idea of, uh, I mean, NATO now, NATO was a joke. 
Okay, because uh, our European allies, quote unquote, uh, just don't have the military capacity. Uh, You know, I mean, um, there was a story a few years ago that uh, uh, more than half of Germany's uh, fighters are inoperable. Uh, their mm-hmm. fighter planes. Well, that's because their uh, half of their air force was inherited from the East Germans, and the Russians aren't selling them repair parts for Big Twenty Nines. Well, of course not. Well, uh, it, it, they it, could it, give them to us. We could actually machine the parts. Actually, we've got a whole supply chain for that. Um, but but the point is, is that they quote uh, French President Emmanuel Macron. has tried to serve as a chief European interlocutor in the crisis. And I'm like, I'm like the French. Okay. When did the, when was the last time the French scared anybody? Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's been a long 1815 and they didn't pull it off. Uh, yeah, Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean the, the, uh, uh, the history of the French military, and and they're not even as good. They're not as good now as they were in 1940. And it took Hitler what six weeks to conquer France. Um, you know mm-hmm. the uh, the the thing is is that they can't put a battalion. They can't they can't deploy a, a single battalion. Okay, <laughs> they don't have that. They they don't have the logistic. They don't have the airlift capacity. They just, you know, they don't have what it takes. They have an army designed to defend France. Mm, Yeah, right. And not their their sole idea of how to project power is nuclear weapons. They have ballistic missile submarines. They have. uh, 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 Yeah, when they can actually sail. uh, They have a they have a very competent aircraft carrier, one each. So when it's in port, that's it. Uh, but uh, that that's that's there. It isn't that competent is the problem. Sorry. Well, well, but, you go back to I remember very much in 2002 uh, into 2003 when when we were gearing up for uh, what was it called? Operation Desert Enduring Storm. Freedom. Enduring no, Freedom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Operation yeah, Enduring Freedom. Yes. The. Uh, um, the invasion of Iraq and uh, Colin Powell went to the United Nations to plead mm-hmm. our case. And basically what we were trying to do, because we had Britain with us, um, but what we were in, in several of the Gulf powers, but mm-hmm. what we were trying to do was to persuade France to join the coalition against Iraq. And they just weren't having none of it. And nope. but the thing is, is that what could, what was the point of knee crawling to the French, our allies? It, what were they going to do? How many divisions does Macron have? You know what I'm saying? Well, actually, he has he has a bunch, but he doesn't have the ability to to uh, get them out past his borders. And, well, and, it's like it's like uh, it's the old joke about uh, the uh, going to war with the French is kind of like taking um, uh, going hunting with an accordion. Yeah, it's well, you know, the other thing is uh, uh, the, the French, though, did deploy a division in Desert Storm and it uh, they did reasonably well. I don't mm-hmm. think that was a full division. You can yeah, look. I did. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry for uh, uh, um, unnecessarily exaggerating. Look, going, going going to war without France is like fighting the Second World War. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Anyway, anyway, but but it's right now. It's um, you know this appears to be. I mean, I mean, the, from the. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am a cynic. And it it appears to me that this is just an attempt to distract from, uh, the public from everything else. Well, because mm-hmm. nothing nothing else is going right, and we'll get to that as we go along here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, uh, it's President Crackpipe. President yeah. Crackpipe. And but that but that you know led me to an aha moment this this week. Uh, I think I really understand why we've got all this sudden unmasking going on in the blue states. It's because you can't smoke a crack pipe when you got a mask on. (laughs) I had a post called president crack pipes, very bad week. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, the post is illustrated with the screen cap uh, from CNN. And by the way, CNN's, Polling is worse than almost everybody else's, and so it's, yeah. it's the CNN doing this. <laughs> yeah, and the and the and the Chiron on this uh, screen cap is CNN poll: fifty-six percent of Americans say nothing when asked what president has done <laughs> that they approve of. <laughs> and and uh, John King was was their guy, you know, their main politics guy that has to go and explain this to them, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and uh, and it, it was just awful. But um, meanwhile, of course, he he, he <laughs> somebody got hold of the and and by the way, when I was at the Washington Times, I had a source in the. Uh, uh, GOP caucus who would occasionally throw these over the fence to me is that <laughs> the the HHS uh, uh, budget included thirty million dollars uh, for harm reduction for drug addicts and and yeah. and safe yeah, right. smoking kits slash supp- supplies were one of the things that were part of this thirty million dollar program the oh. grant. Uh, solicitation did not specifically mention pipes. No, although they can be a part. Of, anyways, I'm reading a, an AP story about this, mm-hmm. and and they're trying to tell you that this is misleading claims. Jen Psaki, the White House uh, <sighs> uh, spokeswoman, uh, Peppermint Saki, as we call her, um, uh, said that this was inaccurate reporting that that they were going to spend thirty million dollars on crack. I, I they quoted the request for proposals. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting. Uh, one of the fact checkers uh, labeled the thing as true, but mostly false. In other words, it's, exa- <laughs> it's exactly true that uh, the crack pipes are included, but that may- but this is still mostly false. Yeah, uh, Tom Cotton, the senator from Arkansas, who is a very good guy, um, mm-hmm. uh, said the the good news is that uh, they they issued a statement from the uh, HHS secretary, mm-hmm. 
uh, is no longer funding crack pipes, but make no mistake, <laughs> yesterday's change in policy is because HHS got caught. But when, uh, mm-hmm. The big story that I had when I was uh, uh, I was at the Washington Times, and like I said, that you know this is you know uh, sources, right? Okay, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a Hill staffer was providing me with this stuff, but but when they found out. Um, that they were uh, what they were funding in the name of AIDS prevention. Okay? Oh, uh, and they were, they, and I, I, God, I've, it, my mind has gone blank, but they actually got a House resolution uh, condemning this program at, at uh, it was the National Institutes of Mental Health. Uh, mm-hmm. was who was funding this particular crazy thing. And, uh, and uh, but, but <laughs> National Institutes of Mental Health, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. but, but the thing is, is that if you go line item by line item uh, through these department budgets, you can <laughs> run one of these stories every week. Guess what the hell they're spending your taxpayer <laughs> money on this week? Oh, yeah. Drunk yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah. Who was the um, congressman, the the senator? Proxmire. Proxmire. But but he did it in such a way that we killed fourteen astronauts. Yep. The, the Proxmiring, well, the way he did it so yep. incompetently is one of the reasons why the space shuttle was built the way it was. Uh huh. To, to save yep. mo- to save money, and mm-hmm. it, that we so it killed fourteen astronauts. Yeah, uh, but other than that, you know, proxmiring. Yes, it's called, it, it's called, it became a verb. Huh? Yes, it did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, especially among engineers who work on government programs. Uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, and uh, ouch, he created more. He created more waste by trying to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing his job. <laughs> My dad worked at Lockheed, the home of the, uh, the uh, way, toilets. Uh, that I'll they, let you. I'll let you guess which party he was. Uh, was he a Democrat? Yes. Yeah. Well, anyways, yes. uh, also part of uh, President Crackpipe's very bad week, however. <laughs> uh, well, let, let me let me tip this one off. I'll just say uh, I work uh, on a government program and we are allowed uh, certain raises each year. And I, uh, my, I got my raise th- this past week and it was less than inflation. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Okay, now, yeah. there, there's your there's your lead in. And, and the news uh, they came out with a report: the U.S. consumer prices jumped by the most in nearly four decades as the new year started, sapping mm-hmm. the savings of American failing families, diminishing the purchasing power of worker paychecks, and putting pressure on the Federal Reserve to hike interest rates beginning in March. The consumer price index climbed 0.6% from a month before the Department of Labor said Thursday. Compared with January of last year, consumer prices are up 7.5% in one year. And um, anyways, polls show the public's rating of Biden's handling of the economy is at a record low, okay? <laughs> Never in the history of polling has <laughs> any 
president's handling of the economy scored worse than Joe Biden's. Oh, it is bad. He's, folks. In, he's in Hoover territory. Well, they didn't have polling back then, but Biden's overall approval rating has plummeted. 45% of Americans say inflation has put a strain on household finances. Uh, 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 but but it, it's, it's um, not even... Uh, <laughs> I'm reading from, there's literally nothing Biden has done since taking office that 56% of people say uh, that that they approve of. Uh, He is below 40%, okay, Mm -hmm. in the uh, real clear politics average, okay? To get below 40%, oh my God, you have to have members of your own party against you. To get, I yep. mean, Trump was never, I I don't think he was ever below 40%, but that was the worst week, the worst month for him was August of uh, 2017, right around the time of the Charlottesville riot. Mm-hmm. But after the uh, 2018, his first State of the Union address, it picked up and with the uh, economy was going gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And, 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 people who hadn't seen any growth in their real income for 15 years were starting to uh, have uh, more purchasing power. And that was a big And thing. that continued into um, uh, this time two years ago when the Wu flu hit. Yeah, well, look, yeah. I'm so old, but I remember <laughs> when the government actually was bragging that the inflation rate was 7.5% because that we were bragging that it was coming down. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh yeah, I remember, I remember back at, there was that one time where unemployment and inflation were both double digits. When Connie yeah. and I, when Connie and I, when Connie and I bought our first house, the interest rate the banks were offering was so high that I asked them if I could put it on my MasterCard. <laughs> 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 well, no, but yeah, but, no, no, but the point the point is is that is that there were uh, one of the reasons that young people are so liberal nowadays mm-hmm. is because they came of age after, and many were born after Ronald Reagan's presidency. Ronald mm-hmm. Reagan turned the country around and established a conservatism. That that even forced like under Bill Clinton, there was only mm-hmm. so far they could go under mm-hmm. Barack Obama. There was only so far Democrats could go in this general pro-business attitude that mm-hmm. uh, Reagan brought into the White House uh, kind of established uh, a floor under the economy that mm-hmm. even after the meltdown of 2008, OK, you know. There's only so far down we could go. Let me me explain to you just how far uh, off young people's perceptions can be compared to someone my age. There were soldiers and Marines in Kabul during the evacuation who hadn't been born when we first went to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, but but the... um, 
but uh, my point that I was trying to get to was that um, is that a lot of people don't remember the seventies, okay? And and when we had, like you said, double digit interest mm -hmm. rates, double digit inflation, and double digit unemployment all at the same time, and this completely uh, was contradicted. Uh, you know, it 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 it. it it was impossible according to Keynesian theory, which proves mm -hmm. Keynes was wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stagflation was the was the uh, disproof of Keynes's theorem. And mm -hmm. once you understand this, once you understand that there's nothing there, okay, it doesn't work, okay, mm -hmm. then get rid of the moralism about uh you know uh, social justice it doesn't yep. work there's no uh, we've been there we've seen what happened we don't want to go back again on the other hand we do have all this stuff happening uh that uh, he just walked away from the microphone when i'm trying to get him his cue uh, uh, <laughs> oh, not helpful okay. No, not helpful at all. On the other hand, Mrs. McCain just walked in, and I think ah, uh, she's probably far more important, much more important than I am. But yeah. uh, what I was going to say is, uh, the financial system works in the real world, and yes. one of the parts of the real world is the fact that uh, we need cash flow in order to keep our finances going. And so, Stacy, this is you just walked away from your queue on the yellow button. Amen, amen. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Folks, if you will um if you will uh go to theothermccain.com, you will notice uh, near the top of the center column a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, rubles, euros, yen, pesos, whatever you got. Um, it will take. Uh, and uh, to help support the blog, to help support the podcast, and of course, mm -hmm. to make my wife happy because keeping my wife happy is job one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hoag's blog, hoagwash.com. There is in the sidebar a, an icon of a tip jar. Click on that. Be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support uh, Hoagwash and or this podcast. You can also uh, click on the icon of a hat uh, that, and it'll take you off to the Hogwash store. Mm -hmm. uh, you can waste all kinds of good money there uh, supporting the blog. Or you can shop on the Amazon links that you'll find on either the other McCain or Hogwash.com. We both participate in the Amazon Affiliates program. Uh, when you shop using those links, uh, a blogger gets a cut of the action. It's actually something nice that Amazon does for bloggers. Meanwhile, though, we want you to remember that it's important that you support us. And so please do not forget the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes. Thank now, you, Diana. We're, we're, we're going to do, we're going to do, Anytime. we're going to do a, a segment here uh, about the science, you know, the stuff mm -hmm. that folks are supposed to be following. The science. The science, not just, mm -hmm. not just any old science, the science. <laughs> And according to the CDC, a definite article. Yes, according to the CDC, 
facial hair can cause an improper fit of a face mask, said this guy <laughs> sitting here with a full beard, looking at a guy at the other side of the table with a full beard. Uh, but, uh, however, none of the mask mandates have ever required any shaving. <laughs> well, oh, God. Oh, God. And the, the underwear will be changed on the hour. You will wear it on the outside so we can check. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, well, there's, there's whole bunches of stuff I could tell you about protocols around masking when we're trying to keep, uh, stuff we're mm -hmm. going to launch to another planet sterile, but, uh, mm -hmm. as, as compared to when we're just sitting at our desk. But, uh, fortunately I wrote work remotely, but <laughs> I, I did make a big, <clears throat> I want to talk for just a bit about political science versus the <laughs> real thing. Uh, I made a B in Poli Sci 101, and I guess it was about 55 years ago this semester. Mm -hmm. and one of the things I learned was Bismarck's definition of politics, you know, the art of the possible. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing I learned uh, in that political science class was that whatever political science might be, it has essentially no connection to or use for the scientific method. Mm -hmm. uh, as Bismarck definition tells us uh, uh, it's an art and studying an art uh, isn't a science any more than studying painting would be a science or studying music would be a science uh, that's not to say that politicians don't claim to be basing what they do on science Marxism for example was scientific socialism yeah. And the history of the 20th century shows that what happened every time that someone ran an experiment on the Marxist hypothesis uh, and tested <laughs> it against reality. So scientific COVID COVIDicism, I guess I'll call it. COVIDicism is what we call it. <laughs> yeah. But scientific COVIDicism uh, just got tested versus reality for the uh, last couple of years. And it's done so poorly that even the blue states are beginning to return to the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, science hasn't changed, but a bit of pseudoscience failed uh, when it, uh, its experiment. And this is an election year, so they're, they're going to the, back to the art of politics rather than the science. And uh, they're going to try to get on the voters' good side. Yeah, right. And well... I just, uh, as a closing comment about uh, that whole process, I will just say honk, honk. Yep. Meanwhile, you're a racist, Stacy. <laughs> well, <laughs> and what have you done to dismantle the race consciousness in science? Yeah. Um, I, uh, this week, uh, the, and the, the headline on my post is, quote, <laughs> The dismantling of race-conscious admissions would deal another blow to equity in science. And that quote is from former University of North Carolina Chancellor H. Holden Thorpe. <laughs> H. Holden Thorpe, and you see him in his uh, uh, Chapel All Hill his, Blue. All his uh, chinless yes. glory. Yeah. Uh, well, there is a chin there. I'm sorry. That was not kind. And um, this was There's linked. There's a reason science and engineering is at North Carolina State and not UNC. 
Yeah, well, Fayetteville. Anyways, uh, Professor, uh, by the way, uh, Fayetteville is, is like it got the, some of the highest <laughs> rates of um, chlamydia on the <laughs> East Coast. Well, Fayette, N- NC State isn't in Fayetteville. Is it? Oh, it's not? No. What's in Fayetteville? Fort Bragg. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that would well, explain it. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I'm sorry, but anyways, I'm, well, we were talking about I'm, I'm, H. Holden Thorpe. I'm an I'm an I'm an alumnus of Fort Bragg. You have meanwhile. My meanwhile, back at the blog, Professor Glenn Reynolds at Instapundit linked um, to a column, um, an editorial, as it were. Uh, and, and he said, white guy says there are too many Asians. That was his mm. dismissive remark. And I, and, and that's probably all the commentary it really deserves. But uh, I decided to do a full-on fisking. Uh, how many of y'all remember uh, fisking and how it started? I do. I, oh, I, do. I, st- I still do it. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I haven't done it in a long time. It 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 started out, um, uh, it started out with fiction. Robert Fisk, uh, yes, who is a um, uh, who is a. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get here. I, I I've got to get. I to... think he wrote for the Guardian. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Been a long, long time. Anyway, but he right. wrote a ridiculous article that was quite clearly fiction. And it got uh, torn apart line by line, assertion by assertion. Right, right, and and that's and, and so so breaking down a column to you know paragraphs or sentences and then rebutting it point by <laughs> point, sometimes phrase by phrase. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is is known as uh, fisking, fisking. And, and mm-hmm. fisking, and so I am uh, so I went into a complete fisking of this thing. Uh, beginning, of course, as I always begin, ad hominem, <laughs> by pointing out that when uh, 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 H. Holden Thorpe was forced to resign from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, in a, amid allegations of widespread academic fraud mm-hmm. uh, they were basically uh, they, they were uh, basically just giving free grades to athletes student yeah. athletes at uh, UNC In i vaguely words, remember that scandal yeah it has something to do with basketball i i would Usually. Yeah. Well, I mean, they take basketball seriously in the ACC. (laughs) But meanwhile, they can't uh, really play football. Anyways, his opinions on affirmative action in the field of science uh, is is what he's talking about. And what he's doing is he's attacking the Supreme Court's decision to hear cases brought against Harvard University and the University of North Carolina, challenging their right to use race as a factor in undergraduate admission. Now, if you're you're familiar with the Harvard case, I haven't studied the University of North Carolina case, but uh, the Harvard case, I mean, I've seen the uh, uh, documents, the filings in the case, and they were able Mm -hmm. to get discovery because... You understand that uh, 
the admissions process is a black box. Okay. Oh right? gosh, it, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's highly secretive, and what the um, Asian Americans claiming that they were the victims of discrimination were able to show, first of all, that um, that at a certain grade average. Okay, mm -hmm. if you if you brought in a certain set of test scores and grade point averages, uh, mm -hmm. a black student was something like seven times more likely to be admitted than an Asian student with identical mm -hmm. qualifications on paper. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I thought was very interesting here is that they pointed out that year after year after year after year, the black percentage of admissions for the freshman class, the, the, mm -hmm. the black, was 14%, okay? Mm. Now, if it wasn't a quota, okay, in other words, it's, it was obvious that they had a numerical quota for black mm -hmm. students, and that because if it wasn't a quota, it might have gone down to 12 or up to 16 or, you know, in or other down, words. Or up to 20 and down to three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but year depending after on year, the year. Year after year after year, it was 14%. And, and so that tells you that they have a numerical goal in mind, mm -hmm. which is to say a quota. And the Supreme Court by the way, which in a pre, all previous diversity cases, when it was challenged, all this affirmative action, they've said that, you know, it's one thing to consider race as one component, you know, when you're trying to get a diverse student population. That's, that's mm -hmm. acceptable. But quotas, you can't do quotas. They, they have right. been very clear that quotas – Racial quotas are forbidden under law, and the Asian students at uh, Harvard are saying that they are victims of a quota. That there are too many Asians. Yeah, and, yep. and, and that's just that's just the way things work. But I mean, this is what happens when you have uh, something other than merit driving something that mm -hmm. needs to be a meritocracy. Now, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying that Harvard uh, admissions should be uh, solely on merit and uh, whatever their figure of merit is, uh, or like SAT scores. Uh, but the, you know, and and a school should be able to uh, should be able to establish whatever its figures of merit are, and then and then objectively go uh, go to them. Well, but let, but let me but let me get on to this, this thing about meritocracy. Science has to be meritocratic. Otherwise, it to, doesn't work. <laughs> otherwise, you can't do it. Experiments have to pass or fail. Mm -hmm. And the failed experiments have to fail, and the past experiments pass. The other, I mean, it, the only other thing I can think of that I've been had an experience with that absolutely had to be merit, uh, run as a meritocracy was uh, combat. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't just win. You have to destroy the other side. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, you, otherwise you wind up with pyrrhic victories. And so, you know, there's some things that just in the real world, the winners have to win and the losers have to lose. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yes. Uh, <laughs> but he he goes on and on. Uh, does H. Holden Thorpe? about the idea 
that that somehow uh, that without quotas, that outstanding people, quote unquote, would be denied opportunity. Yes, they would. <sighs> yeah. I mean, right. But if they were so outstanding, right, wouldn't they qualify uh, in a race-neutral uh, process? Well, uh, on the other hand, let's say that you have 25 slots and 50 equally qualified people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, ran if you just do random selection, 25 eminently qualified people are going to lose. Mm -hmm. um, one of the points that, that I've heard made, about this whole thing and, and understand that neither I nor any of my children, you know, has mm. ever applied to Harvard or, or, <laughs> or Princeton or Yale or Stanford. Okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, so this involves an elite institutions in which I never had any interest. Okay. Except mm -hmm. for the fact that these are the people running the goddamn country. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're running it into the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, somehow in this uh, admissions process, they seem to eliminate every candidate with an ounce of common sense. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, noticed. So, uh, and so the, um, but the, but the thing is, is that if you don't qualify under whatever standard, okay, if they, if, if, you know, it doesn't matter what the admissions process, not getting into Harvard is hardly a, 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 to be sentenced to a doom uh, of obscurity and poverty. Okay. In other mm -hmm. words that, okay, so you applied to Harvard and didn't make it. Well, you got accepted at Northwestern or Yale. Well, you, you got you know accepted. I, I, I'm saying that if you went down a tier or two, right. uh, if, it, it, you know, you didn't get into Yale, you got into uh, Tulane or Duke. And, and by the way, uh, Duke University is is Yale wannabes. OK, these are mm -hmm. guys who didn't, you know, because and, and see, here's well, here's one of. I went to a school, uh, you know, that jokingly refers to Harvard as the Vanderbilt of the North. I mean, we're the Harvard <laughs> one. So, yeah, I, I know exactly where you're going. Uh, the um, I, I was going to leave Vanderbilt <laughs> out of this because, uh, they, you know, they, we, we let them play football in the uh, SEC. And, and, and that's it's about just out of kindness, we suppose. <laughs> the the <laughs> no. generosity of our. No, you just wanted a private school. And, and, and it was us. Or, it was us, or or Swanee. What the point is? God. <laughs> Anyways, the point. It's very hard for me to remember the points I'm trying to make when 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 it's nonstop non sequiturs <laughs> from from my my partner in the podcast. Uh, but, you're having too much fun tonight. But one it. of the things that that people don't understand is the, the extreme gap in costs oh, yeah. uh, between uh, private universities, most private universities, and especially any uh, prestigious private university and uh, state university. Okay. Especially in school state university. If you live in Virginia and attend 
the University of Virginia, Old Dominion, what it, you know, any state school in Virginia, uh, the costs are, are 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 not prohibitive. Not only that, if you are an, an outstanding student in most states, there's probably a scholarship to your state university. My wife went to Indiana University for free. Yeah, but but that was then. This is now. White kids don't get scholarships anymore. Uh, Anyways, I'm I'm joking. My uh, neighbor is is a bassoon chair. She actually is a bassoonist. She actually has got a, a free ride. Yeah. Okay. So I, and she I, plays I, I I'm exaggerating. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, if I can uh, continue the point Eventually. is that. Uh, to continue the point is that there are a lot of these second tier and even third tier uh, private schools where it's you know sixty seventy thousand dollars a year. You know, in other words, mm-hmm. in other words, if you can afford to go to Harvard, but end up going to Oberlin. Oberlin, right? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Oberlin has a very good music program. That's what, mm-hmm. but and they have some other good programs. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you end up going to Tulane or Duke, even right, mm-hmm. uh, the the amount of prestige for your dollar. Do you see what I'm getting? In other words, seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars to be a Harvard graduate or a Yale graduate. Uh, but you get Baylor degree instead. Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Baylor, uh, a Baylor degree doesn't quite carry the same prestige. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, the, a lot of people are, you know, I would hope that um, there is, at some point, there is going to be a rebellion mm-hmm. uh, uh, against this, uh, you know, uh, against this system as it mm-hmm. exists and people are going to be, you know, my, uh, my uh, kids, uh, my son, Jefferson, uh, my um, third son, third out of four, uh, Jefferson uh, was recently uh, got his first notice of admission to law school. And, Ooh. you know, he, he did junior college before he then went off uh, to college. And, and, you know, my my oldest, uh, who graduated summa cum laude, went to junior college in the local branch of a state university and and graduated nearly debt free. So this mm-hmm. idea that you're going to take on all this money. Right. To pay for the to get into Harvard. But the point is, is that if you're really a good student, if you got if you're really smart and you have a strong worth work ethic, you don't need that prestigious degree anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, look at my friend here, you know, uh, uh, John Hogue, who, despite having attended Vanderbilt, <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, designs space robots for NASA. And which brings us uh, uh, away from uh, the science to some uh-uh. real science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, and it's from NASA. Um, my colleagues at Goddard Space Flight Center have a mission up called the Parker Solar Probe. And mm-hmm. this probe basically is an orbit around the sun and it comes in... It's approaches to the sun are so close. It's actually come inside the sun's chronosphere. Corona. It's it's actually into the sun's atmosphere. It's effectively it's not touching the the surface of the sun, but it's the uh, it's in it's in the the solar. It's atmosphere, in the corona, <laughs> which is which is even hotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, 
in order in order to get enough energy to get in the orbit, it it, it had to make several uh, uh, close passes to Earth and Venus. Uh, slingshots. Order- slingshots. Slingshotting. Yes, and it's going it's going to slingshot Venus again. By the way, in uh-huh. order- at doing an orbit change, but uh, the last time it went past uh, Venus, it has. It has some very sensitive cameras on it. Now you're mm-hmm. going, why near the sun do you need sensitive cameras? Well, these point away from the sun, and they're <laughs> actually making pictures of the uh, this very sparse uh, gas that's in the plasma that's in the corona. Well, they pointed it at the, the backside of Venus, flying past Venus, just to see what they could see, right? Well, it mm-hmm. turns out that Venus is so hot how hot is it? Is well, it about nine hundred degrees Fahrenheit on the surface? I mean, lead melts, uh, and it's so hot that it glows in the dark. Wow! Ooh. It glows in the dark. Far out, man. Actually, it glows in the dark uh, at uh, at so hot that it's red in visible light, and the, mm-hmm. the visible light is strong enough that on the dark side you can see it through the clouds. Wow, Ooh. man. So, That's heavy. Yes, we the, well, we've the only other visible light pictures we've had of the surface have been from Russian lander, mm. but uh, there'll be another Which fly. Didn't last. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, it was gone in like an, at nine hundred degrees. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it it actually, given that it was Russian, it lasted longer than I'd bet on. I I did pretty well on that one, but yeah. But anyway, uh, if you go to hogwash.com, uh there's a, a post uh, the last few days called new views of Venus. And it's got a link to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, to NASA's YouTube uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, story about this. And it's, it's worth taking a look at because yeah. it, this is probably the only time you're ever going to get to see the, uh, uh, the highlands of Venus, mm-hmm. but, but that's just the way things go. Meanwhile, though, we're going to come back to earth and a favorite city of our friend, Dana's. Yeah, my friend uh, Dana Pico, who runs the First Street Journal, uh, has kept our eyes on the city he calls Philadelphia. Okay, Philadelphia in the uh, uh, last year has um, uh, last year set an all time record uh, for homicides over 500 in a year. And and so, so, so getting killed in Philadelphia is uh, very easy. And a man was killed in a carjacking. Uh, George Priscilla, 60 years old, is a father of four sons and six grandchildren with the seventh on the way, a Marine Corps veteran and the son of a former Philadelphia police officer. Okay. And he was killed uh, during a, a carjacking uh, that happened on uh, while he was visiting his mother, his elderly mother. And he's 60, so you can figure out how it is. Uh, police say three shots were fired from an AR-15-style rifle. I guess they know this uh, from surveillance video. And one hit Brisella on the right side of the abdomen. He was taken mm. to a hospital where he died. Um, 
which makes this an incredibly unusual murder uh, because mm -hmm. a rifle was used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Extremely yeah. unusual. Anyways, and, and um, I went down, uh, and uh, Dana Pico uh, points that the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer is trying to blame this surge of violent crime on firearms uh -huh. rather than the turn them loose policy of Philadelphia's Democratic DA, Larry Krasner, who, of course, was elected uh -huh. with over a million dollars of campaign money from George Soros. Uh, well, you know, there's going to be some more deaths like this, I'm sure, which is another reason why I'm staying out of Filthy Delphi. Yeah, yeah, don't go to mm -hmm. Philadelphia. But but uh, the question of where these guns are coming from, okay, you know, because they don't want to put criminals in prison. That's mm -hmm. the whole problem, okay? But who's supplying the guns to Philadelphia? Oh, wait, it's criminals, and yes. uh, I, if you will go to my blog and look for the headline, Man Killed in Philadelphia Carjacking, mm -hmm. uh, you will see some mugshots mm -hmm. of those charged in trafficking illegal firearms and um, straw purchasing and stuff like that. And I, I quote um, several headlines from the uh, Justice Department uh, website and having scrolled through those Justice Department press releases, I'm willing to hazard a guess that the number of Republican voters arrested in these federal gun trafficking cases was exactly zero. Yeah, well, and not, yeah. only, not only that, I don't know whether they recovered the weapon or not, but I've got five bucks that says it wasn't straw purchased, it wasn't trafficked, it was stolen. Yeah, yep. yeah, and that's another thing. How do criminals get guns? Oh, wait, they're criminals. They steal them. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, but, you know, this isn't the only way you can die in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I had another no. story, How to Die in Philadelphia, that points out that uh, they're averaging over a 1,000 um, deaths from drug overdoses <sighs> uh, in Philadelphia annually, over a 1,000 a year. And uh, a lot of this is from fentanyl and opioids yeah. and other drugs. But um, um, but Dana Pico, here we go again. Because, see, the thing was that every time I would write about crime in Chicago, right, because, mm -hmm. we, you know, Chicago's get people murdered. You know, Dana Pico pointed out that the crime rate is actually worse in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. And so, so this became a running thing between uh, Chicago and Philadelphia uh, of the thing. So he points that the race um, to the bottom. Yes, uh, Philadelphia wanted to open a supervised injection site where junkies could presumably shoot up more safely than where they would otherwise shoot up. Uh, but it they smoke their crack pipes there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> They're of government supplied, President Crack Pipe. But, uh, um, uh, but anyways, he he points out that um, that the drug problem is closely connected to the violent crime problem. Yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. think. You know, and and uh, uh, I could probably tell you some stories about this, but. 
uh, I'll plead the fifth on this, especially because we're uh, running late here uh, mm -hmm. for our usual schedule. Well, we got it. Uh, you know, as long as I get a chance to leave before the snow starts at midnight, I'm in good shape. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I, uh, this week I, I, I spent a little time looking at Ibram X. Kindy. And, 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 and speaking of Henry Rogers. Speaking speaking of, of capitalism, I I am absolutely aghast at what his, his uh, hourly rate appears to be because yeah. What, let me just point it to you like this: it's got a couple more zeros trailing it than my rate to the government. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyways, um, uh, someone on Twitter pointed out that the speaking fee to you see Ibram X. Kendi is the author of how to be an anti-racist. Okay. He's which, an which, which after the uh, George Floyd case in the summer of riots, this became a bestseller and he became a hot commodity. Did Ibram X. Kendi. <laughs> Uh, and and there's a quote from him, to love capitalism is to end up loving racism. To love racism is to end up loving capitalism. And it was pointed out on Twitter that his speaking fee is $20,000 per hour. $20,000 per hour. Mm -hmm. So my headline was, is the irony obvious enough? Uh. I caught it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, basically what you've got here is a grifter. Yeah. Yeah. Another one. And, and, and I, I, the annoying thing is that um, I borrowed the book from the library and I read it and I, it's like there, there's no, he, he makes these assertions, but there's no evidence behind them and the logic doesn't work. You well, know, years ago, years ago, when I still lived in Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, I, I happened to be uh, going through the, uh, uh, I, I was researching something and picked up a book by Bell Hooks, okay? Oh, you know, yes. Bell Hooks, and she doesn't capitalize her name. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, but but I I, I sat down and I'm a fast reader, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, I'm read very yeah. fast. And so I, I, mm -hmm. I started looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever read. I can't believe <laughs> that, that this is someone who is on reading list. And by the way, there is, uh, Bell Hooks is widely quoted both as a feminist mm -hmm. and writing about racism and everything else, and is considered mm -hmm. an intellectual leader. And she, I, I mean, she's dumber than a doorstop. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is it's just bad <laughs> writing. But on the other agreed. Hand, on the other hand, she's made uh, a, a bundle off of it. But see, that's the thing. These are grifts, and grifts mm -hmm. are just cons. And that's what yeah. it boils down to. And uh, the, the you, it only gets dangerous if you're stupid enough to believe it. Well, <laughs> crazy people are dangerous. But then you have this thing uh, about uh, the 
a radical liberation cult. Oh, and these just, guys killed me. But, but the, uh, <laughs> people, you need to go to uh, Stacy's blog to, to look at this. He'll give you the uh, uh, where to look in just a second. <laughs> but there's a picture that these people put up in a tweet, and it basically shows their place that they're, they, they're going to build their whatever it is. Uh, Utopia. Uh, their free city. And, and, and they're saying it's at 10,000 feet. And they're saying Back. that it's, they're saying that a it's got a lake. Well, I doubt it. And that it's got three rivers, and I don't know where they it put creeps. three rivers, three, li three rivers and a lake uh, on two hundred acres. And they say it's at ten thousand feet with fertile soil and it's rocks and sagebrush. Right? <laughs> yeah, and they're standing, by the way, in what looks to me like the chute for a for a flash flood zone well, yeah, <laughs> that is not a good place to be standing yeah it, 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 it's, it's clearly a dry wash uh, yeah, the headline and... the headline on this is the destructive cult of racial liberation oh yeah and it's this is our crazy people are dangerous for the uh, yeah yes. especially to themselves they they didn't starve, and that's the only sad thing. And 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 it's the story of Commander in Chief Gazi <laughs> Kodzo. That's G A Z I K O D Z O. Gazi Kodzo <laughs> of the Black Hammer organization, who has a biography that's 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 crazy. Um, uh, he was born in Brooklyn, grew up around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, in his early 20s, he goes out to Hollywood. By the way, and I don't even mention this in the blog post. By the way, Gazi Kadzo is gay. Okay, flamboyantly, openly gay, gay, gay. Okay, mm -hmm. I, there, there's no. Okay, okay. So he goes out to Hollywood and he ends up working with some. Uh, modeling agency helping them put on mansion parties and this is oh. all by the way this this background work was done by a communist organization I, I mm -hmm. want to say uh, known as the red voice uh, mm -hmm. uh, did this and they're and they're as radical as radical can be but their point is is that Gazi Kodzo is a clown okay mm -hmm. he's a dangerous <laughs> clown uh, a swindler and a fake, a fraud. Anyways, and so, so anyways, it, it, he ends up in this uh, what's known as the Uhuru movement. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. the 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 African People's Socialist Party, um, uh, and and he's he's working at the headquarters there because he's really good at social media. Okay, he's one of these real plugged in kind of people, and and so he started doing this. Well, then he either quit or got kicked out of the African People's Socialist Party, and goes back to Atlanta and starts Black Hammer. Okay, <laughs> which is going to be it's going to be liberating the co uh, colonized people, and and. <laughs> And he became notorious in April of 2020 uh, when he badmouthed Anne Frank. Okay, it's it, and this this actually he became semi famous at this point. He people were writing about this on serious websites. Okay, about and 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 if you think about. Um, What's her name? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg getting in trouble on The View, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's you know, 
so so trashing Anne Frank was part of his claim to quote unquote fame. But he got but he got himself a pretty good scam going. Yeah, he got and, and they raised they raised um, according to reports they raised ninety thousand dollars for this idea of we're going to take back the land. They were going to buy a land. Uh, buy land to set up an autonomous something. Uh, it, it, it a was city, kind of a free city, a free city, and and so they buy this plot in. Um, they buy this plot out in uh, Colorado in San Miguel County, uh, which you've never heard of San Miguel. What's the town there? What's the main town there? I could tell you right. Okay, it's it's basically known for it's a ski area, mm -hmm. uh, but this wasn't the expensive part of this. So, anyway, no. they buy this, and, and about two dozen of them show up, and <laughs> and they're and they're blocking the road, and local resident starts um, complaining there is an armed standoff. At which point, the sheriff shows up. To um, uh, to tell them to leave, and they left without incident. But last okay. heard from, he's in Atlanta, still causing trouble. <laughs> and uh, so, it, it, as I said, it was a sort of radical fire festival uh, yeah. that they had out there in Colorado. Uh, but there's no guarantee that the next radical gesture will end so harmlessly, because remember... Okay. Crazy, crazy people, people are dangerous. Crazy people are dangerous. Every week, every week. And so, <laughs> speaking of every week, we will be back next Saturday at the usual time, seven o'clock. Don't miss it. Yep. Thanks for stopping by, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next week, Diana. Good night. Uh, you take care. You too. Thank <laughs> you.